Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Nat here with a quick disclaimer. The audio quality on this episode isn't ideal, but it's a good one and we had to share it with you anyway. So thanks for listening and enjoy the episode. to another episode of Shared History. My goodness, my history. Uh, friends, as you just heard, Cass, I guess, is suffering from a terrible sore throat that has somehow manifested itself into a beautiful, creamy Scottish accent. That's or, or she's been uh, watching too much Outlander. It could honestly go either way. Just kidding. Uh, sadly, Cass couldn't be with us for today's recording. So we brought in our first ever guest host. We <laughs> liked him so much. We hope you did too. But it's <laughs> oh, too God. late. It's Everyone's too late. switching off. The snack is back. It is, again, <laughs> Scottish actor and writer Adam McNamara. Hi. Thank you for, thank you for getting me back on. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for uh, coming when I signaled the uh, the Scott symbol. I don't know what that would be. Is it just like a salt tire? I saw it. I saw it from afar. It's a really high powered light. Thank you for coming back. Is I I don't know what to call you. Our our Scottish Cass. Yeah, do that. So I'll take. I'll, I'll answer to that. You've heard of a Scottish lass, but we've got a Scottish cast. That's it. And I'll take that. I'll own it. All program. And also, I love that uh, that that I got another opportunity to call you a snack. Um, it's all I, I mean, that I, I mean, I, I really I, I dined out on that for quite a while. Well, so. keep dining, because I guess if, since your back is a host, that means you're no longer just a history snack. You're now a whole damn meal, as uh, as well. Lizzo would say. I mean, I can see our guest nodding away and agreeing. So yeah, that's... definitely agreeing. <laughs> well, without further further ado, I will get to our guest because Adam is now, I guess, an official hashtag friend of the pod. Um, and I'm glad that he's here to guest host with me because our guest today is, I'm sorry, an official hashtag friend of Adam. Yeah. So allow me to welcome a different scottish actor and history <laughs> hunk i mean history buff i mean history buff hunk you know whatever you want it to want him to be you may know his face from uh well and his voice because he also speaks in these films um mary <laughs> mary queen of scots dunkirk capone fighting with my family england is mine yes i'm specifically naming credits with a dash of nonfiction behind them it's BAFTA-nominated Olivier Award-winning Majestic Jack Loudon. Whoa! Oh, no. Oh, pressure. Have you ever been, now, have been introduced with such panache? No, no, never. That, that, was, that was beautiful. I, actually, when you said history hunk, I was just starting to look for a pen to write that down. And I don't have a pen handy, which is really annoying. That, oh, that... How how are you how are you doing how how are you doing Jack What's up I'm good I'm good I'm very well I'm in London, um, and uh, it's uh, it's freezing, but it's uh, I'm working which is fun, um, I'm working 
for quite a while. Um, I should be in Scotland, but I'm down here. Um, but it's uh, no, it's nice. Everything's going well. Are you allowed to tell us what you're doing, or or or, or do you have to like swear us to secrecy? No, I am. I'm doing. I'm doing a, a a series for Apple. Um, for about MI5. It's an adaptation of Mick Heron's um, novels about useless spies. So um, I'm the so guy you call. Cast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I know just the guy. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. got fifty I, 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 down. I went into the audition room and tripped instantly. They were like, "We need, we need, we need to see no more. You have yeah. it. <laughs> Book that man." <laughs> You've been uh, so. It's funny because you said you said that it's about it's a series about MI five, and I immediately was like, "Do you only do do you like is ninety percent of your work have?" A thread of nonfiction in it, or, or but it sounds like this one's yeah, based on novel, so it's more fictional. It, it it is, yeah, but it's also, I mean, it is amazing the amount of of nonfiction stuff I do. I I I I don't really choose that. I'm not in a position yet, really, to really choose what I do. But I seem to play a lot of people that I know that I look absolutely nothing like for a start, <laughs> um, which we all know is about ninety percent of the part. So um, I'm starting at a real, <laughs> a real disadvantage most of the time. But it's great. It also feeds my burgeoning um, uh, obsession with history because I get to read loads of books and um, go to places and go imagine what my character would have done here against this tree. <laughs> so you had a pee. Yeah. Listen, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, you're actually doing a, a a history course, aren't you? Just now. Yeah, I am. I wasn't sure whether or not to confess that. Because I'm, okay. I'm surprisingly well read, I'm surprised, but I am. I'm sort of well read up on, on what we're probably, hopefully, going to talk about, um, and I can't really claim that it's anything that I know about. <laughs> I do, I do actually know quite a lot. I, I do actually. Don't put yourself down. I know quite a lot actually, but I am on a Believe on a short yourself, history Jack. course. True, true. Um, but I, but I, yeah, I'm I'm on a short history course with the University of Edinburgh. Um, about um, Scotland and the relations between Scotland and England in the Middle Ages. Um, and it's about a 12-week course, and I thought I would take the opportunity to do that. That's a an excellent use of... Did you did you start doing that in the lockdown? Yeah, I, I mean, I started just after New, New Year, and, you know, everything started getting quite expensive due, due to lockdown, so I thought if I became a student, I'd get killer discounts. Um, so I thought may as well do do that whilst you know learning about something that i love yeah <laughs> i mean my my school id doesn't have years on it so i still bust that bad boy out when i when i need to <laughs> well actually the, the reason the reason i asked that the reason i wanted well the last time i was on the show i had such a good time um and i immediately thought that jack would really dig this show mainly because he and i have debated a lot about what happens at school and things that seem to be kind of omitted especially in history and uh, he and I have discussed probably into the wee hours of the morning like the the things that we didn't know and the things that we had to find out after school um, and certainly I'm I'm older than Jack's but uh, but it's, it's he had the same a lot oh, I'm, oh, yeah, I fucking I knew it I knew it I, I was mean, just I gave Adam, you that Jack I gave you it you're also older <laughs> than me all right, mate. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, 
<laughs> but it's great because it's a history podcast, so it's like important to have like a primary source on who had, he was there. Yeah. yeah, he was there for all yeah. of it. Yeah, I, I, I witness account doing so well with, with Zoom. <laughs> yeah. Okay, thanks. Um, anyway, what I was going to say was, um, <laughs> and that's why I, I, it's good to get on this show because you can talk about you can talk about elements of history that interest you and that you think no one knew and no one knows. So you know, there you go. And yeah, I often what, yeah. I often kind of feel bad because we spent we spent a decent amount of time like bullying our public and private education <laughs> because I I took wonderful history classes and I learned a lot. It's just that every day since my actual like formal academic upbringing, I've found so many things. I'm like, why didn't we? Why why didn't we cover this? Yeah, and exactly. sometimes it's because it's something like hyper localized, and other times it's like. I mean, truthfully, I don't think I learned an ounce of anything pertaining to Scotland in in my AP European history class. <laughs> like, it was probably wow. like Mary Queen of Scots. The end. There you yeah. go. Yeah. It, um, it, it, I mean, it, when when Adam and I were in America on a tour of a play together about like ten years ago, we went to a university campus. And um, they said, who, who was it that they said they wanted to give the cast a tour of the university campus? And they walked us round and got to this building. And the guy, the guy who was taking us round, sort of like took a pause, a real dramatic pause, and says, "Now the building that you're about to see is over 150 years old." And <laughs> and to take a bunch of Scots, yeah, and we all were, we were all we all had to go. Whoa, you're joking. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I told I I told the story when we were in DC in Capitol Hill, and it was the same kind of bit when we got to that bit yeah. in the wall, and she was like, "And this part of the building is like one hundred years old," and we were all like, "And Cami Cami Barnes went, oh, well, my boozer's about four hundred years old." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think my granddad built that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. I mean. I mean, I said it when Adam was on, I'll say it again. My house is 124 years old. And girl, <laughs> doesn't she show it. <laughs> Basement is full of all sorts of uh, old uh, newspapers. So I, I should post them on the social media for the podcast. That would be um, cool. I very gingerly, I stopped, like, we were doing demolition work. And uh, my partner is, like, doing a lot of work. And then I would sneak away with these old pieces of of a uh, newspaper and gingerly unfold them because if you were too rough with them they just like went and turned to dust just so that i could take pictures of the of the headlines and the very fancy men in hats that were photographed throughout them yeah yeah we're, we're talk, talking about something very similar where was it recently the there was a family somewhere in america and they started like doing outside of their house up and they found like like prohibition whiskey all hidden oh inside. yeah yeah that uh there's the bootlegger bungalow is uh yeah. i think what their their handle is on instagram and yeah they they found Phenomenal. underneath all their floorboards just a like crap load of hooch yeah like the whole house like all it's of like them. built on a platform of, <laughs> of of bootleg whiskey bottles yeah it's that's it's i didn't find anything that cool just lots of lots of old newspapers and luckily no dead bodies yet Phew. That's where we're at. Yeah. 
But well, so fine. Well, I don't know. I don't know why you would be like ashamed to be like I'm in a I'm in a class right now, and that's why I can sound extra smart. I believe that you know what you're talking about anyway. But also, congrats on continuing your education. Thank you. No, it 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 it, it was something that I I don't know why I got an obsession with it, and it's something that only started. Oh, I don't know about about five six years ago. I think it was because of the nature of our job, and that when you are allowed to do it, there's quite a significant amount of uh, amount of it where you're sat on your arse. And I sort of um, got I, I hate I hate that idleness that happens on film sets and things, and and then also when you do a play, that sort of tedium that can happen like halfway through a nine month run, where you're like, so you need to keep your your brain going. Um, and so, uh, and it was also, it's also to do with where I came from as well, because I grew up in the Scottish borders, literally on the border between Scotland and England. Um, history is that it's most sort of like vibrant around there. And, and you really are, it's chucked at you left, right and centre when you go up around there. So I really grew up, um, the seeds were sown back then, for sure. If the, is so you said that the course that you're taking is focused on the relationship between Scotland and England? Yeah, it is. Yeah, and and in it in in sort of between the 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 twelve hundreds and the sixteen hundreds, sort of when when sort of shit went down, so to speak, in a big way, um, and a lot of big changes happened, and a lot of a lot of wars, a lot of battles, oh, a lot of truces. It wasn't just like everyone hanging out, hanging out, being friends, braiding each other's hair and shit. I thought that that's uh, <laughs> no, that that was England's not, not relationship with everyone. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Just buddies. No, the no. The, historically, they've not been they've not been fantastic at doing things like that. The English they're sort of very good at running in and go. He hates you. You hate him, and then they fuck off and then start some war, start some war, and then um, that's unfair. But yeah, not really at the same time. I'm trying to decide if that sounds more like a like a middle child in a family or like a youngest child of just like yeah. running in, instigating a fight, stoking the flames, and then and then like disappearing into the shadows. <laughs> they have, they have, they've sort of like that. They they have sort of historically done that. Sort of ran up to the glass, ran up to the glass window when there's two like there's two other sort of <laughs> groups or or nations sat you know having a cup of tea and shouted through the window. He called you fat, and then like runs <laughs> away, and then, and then they just reap the benefits of, of two people being continually at war. <laughs> um, but uh, and we were we were the originals. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a what, what a claim to fame. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so growing up on the Scottish borders, were you were you like, and then taking this class? Does it feel like every? chapter or whatnot of the class is like oh yeah that's like like i know that that's a castle that i that i used to ride my bike past that's like it's all just like mentioning things that you were kind of surrounded in just because you were on the border yeah basically i mean the the pathetic thing was that um i feel bad almost saying this because it's still ongoing the course but like with with it only took me about five minutes getting on this course with like loads of history enthusiasts and, and and people who are you know studied history for ages it took me all of five minutes to mention the fact that i was an actor um and say that i've done a lot of historical dramas it was pathetic i, I actually got off the first zoom lecture and shut the laptop went down and went you knob like out loud like that because i was just like it's just because like the conversations about of course it comes up about you know like braveheart and how history is depicted on film and and i, I my 
fucking you know vanity antenna went up straight away and going like well i actually can inform you on one or two things about when that. i you was know, studying like... for my role as henry donnelly <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Pathetic. pathetic but it, it was um, but no no the, it, it's uh yeah there was like adam said like the the, the it, there's a surprise amount of stuff that you just are not taught at school but even when I went to school in the Scottish borders, there were things that, to to be fair, um, I was taught about that were specific to the borders, and um, that were things that were definitely not taught all over Scotland. Um, but yeah, there are things missing for sure. Like what? What did what what stories did you bring for us today? Tell us a story. <laughs> you're an actor, so you're supposed to be like a storyteller. I don't know if you I don't know if yeah. you've mentioned it or I've mentioned it, but you're an actor, so yeah. Well, I'm, I, I, I do I do a very good rendering of the declaration, declaration of our growth in interpretive dance, but that's not going to work. I could do that. Um, you can see, I yeah. could hear the hop. Yeah, podcasting the is a visual medium. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what, what I thought about coming on this was things that have so far popped out of me on this course, for example, that are really, I think that's what happens when I, because I read so many history books but I, I'm quite lazy at the same time because I'm sort of just looking for the, I'm looking for that tagline. I'm looking for that like snappy, brilliant one-off story. So I thought I'd like collate two or three of those that I heard, read about, um, not overheard like in a cafe, that I, I read about in this. Um, <laughs> like I want to go to the cafes that you go to if people are just like dropping some, it. dropping some like <laughs> little known history. But I, I actually, I actually said that recently. I, I kind of hope that, I hope that one day that all small talk is banned, and that people have to go straight to something that they've learned from history very quickly. You I'm know, already trash you know at that... it. <laughs> I'm trash at small talk. <laughs> I know, it should, it should, it should be banned. I think like, when you, when you go back to somewhere after a weekend and people ask you, you know. The seventh person that day says, "How was your weekend?" I think that like everybody should just turn up, you know, the first hour and just shout. I I I had a meal, I watched the film, and it was raining. There's what I did my weekend. So nobody asked me for the rest of the fucking Monday. Yeah. And then the next person who asks you, you just answer with like a factoid from history, like, <laughs> yeah. Like somebody somebody yeah. ask me how my week is going. How, how, How's your week? How's your week going? Oh, well, did you know that the Pope would host orgies at the Vatican? It was called the Ballad no of the way. Chestnuts. The Pope? Is that the Pope? There were papal is that orgies. True? It is. See? I've, I've, See mentioned it on, I've mentioned it on the podcast like seven times, and I've yet to actually cover the topic. I just am like, yeah, and then, you know, papal orgies, whatever. I guess I don't know. I have to double check if he was like the host, but there were papal orgies. <laughs> I mean, That's did you go? That, that 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 basically proves Jack's theory as that, that should be small talk. Yeah, I'm I'm on board. See where it takes you. Oh my god! Did you know that papal like um, writs, like uh, official writs from the papacy, were known as papal bull? <laughs> I always thought that was quite funny. It was like how ironic that it's yeah, it's known as papal bull. Um, you know, like Robert Robert the Bruce has has been granted uh, paper papal bull so do, do we believe it or i don't know <laughs> yeah it's very self-aware of them to just put it in the name like that <laughs> yeah. if you put it in the name no one will question it yeah and get away with mom <laughs> yeah <laughs>
Oh, hey, Nat from the future here, interrupting just real quick to say that we actually did end up covering the Banquet of Chestnuts, aka the paper orgy I just mentioned, after recording this episode with Jack. That story is on episode 57 if you want to check it out. It was just one orgy, on record at least, and it was hosted by the Pope's son, Cardinal Borgia, at the Papal Palace. Anyway, back to the episode. But no, yeah, right, okay, so this is the bit where I just say some stories that I've learned. <laughs> this is the bit, Jack. <laughs> this is it. This is what we've been warming up for. <laughs> I tell you what, here's a good bit to chew on, right? That I, uh-huh. um, we, we were discussing a lot the other day about um, the, the idea of nationhood and where, where a nation comes from and what is the definition of a nation. Um, and when the, the period that we are studying in, in the sort of 12, hundreds um, was the beginning of what everybody will know is like the Braveheart Wars where the English basically came up the road and said we we, we own Scotland and they basically they, they said that they had overlordship of Scotland and their claims back then in the 1200s because they had to show sort of proof for it when, when truces came about and they started talking about treaties and their claims, the English's claims were based on Brutus who was a Trojan uh, warrior, like hunt plucking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before, and is who apparently Britain is named after. Britain is named after Brutus. That's his name. That's where the word Britain comes from. And he apparently had three sons, and one he gave to uh, he gave England to, another he gave sort of from the River Severn to the River Humber to, and then the third one, who was called Albany. That was his name. He gave to Scot. He gave Scotland, and because the eldest had England, and because of the right of the eldest son, that gave them overlordship of England, and that is literally what they would say was that based on their their claim of overlordship was the fact that back in the day when Brutus, who apparently also conquered Britain by defeating all the giants, the, literally the giants, so there was a bunch of giants. Said, like, I just quite, I love the idea of like Edward the First, who got, who brought Scotland to its knees, and the Scots going, right, seriously though, what is this all claimed on? And him going, Brutus, Brutus, what did he do? But he battered a bunch of giants. And... <laughs> did anyone, did anyone see him do this? <laughs> did you see him? No, 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 no. Who saw him? Jean. Where's Jean? Oh, she's she's busy. Yeah. <laughs> We're just going on Brutus's word here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> It's bonkers. Isn't that amazing? The youngest son was called Albany, which is then, as Adam will know, which was where Scotland got its Gaelic name for, which was Alba. Mm-hmm. So that's where that comes from and claimed. And they just went, they just spun these, like the PR machines back there were like, we we think that PR is such a big thing now, but it, my God, no, 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 it's, there's nothing new under the sun. That's literally what's what shapes the history books. There's um, our very first episode of the podcast. We talk about Sybil Ludington, who rode, I think, twice as far, like rode so much further than Paul Revere and actually like got to where she was going and like did her job. Whereas like Paul Revere, like took a break had a pint like didn't go that far and it's just a matter of and there was another i always forget the other person and this is why paul revere just had killer pr so everyone knows like the in america knows the midnight ride of paul revere but they don't know that like sybil Ludington did it with nothing but a pointy stick and went so much further and there was another guy I... riding at the same time who actually completed his ride as well wow I only know about Paul Revere uh, 
through uh, my beginnings in amateur operatics because he's mentioned in the opening song of Guys and Dolls. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Revere, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. What is it? It's a. Uh, it's like I got your horse I, right here. His name I is Paul Revere. Paul Revere. <laughs> yeah. Oh my See, god. It's everywhere. See, and now it's actually it's really very much video. like Cass is here because Cass is always the first one to burst into any song. So <laughs> we took care of it. <laughs> we took care of it. Can I actually say, can I, actually, it reminded me actually. Yeah, do your job. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Jack. Um, that story you told me, which was absolutely phenomenal about uh, the British expedition that went missing and then and the whole propaganda behind it all. Oh yeah, yeah. The guy, the about guy John Ray, the yeah, guy from Orkney. I can t I can tell you all those kind of things. I'm just jumping about. Like I mean, that's that's several hundred years. Does that matter? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure when Adam was on, he was just like ding 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 ding. <laughs> yeah. At the end, I went. Good luck editing this. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes on you. We don't. We don't edit to make you sound smarter. We edit to make <laughs> us sound smarter. Oh, I will fuck. say, I will. I briefly interrupt this program. Uh, this is great. We normally, at the end, tell people to email us if they have any questions, corrections, or suggestions. Um, but my sister has already messaged me and corrected that, or confirmed that with the papal orgies, the Pope was not hosting. It was. You just was... handing out towels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just were... there with like a mince. He was behind a curtain like that. Just looking. Yeah, just the hum of his <laughs> video camera. Yeah. Cass, Cass, they did it. Did wait, what now? They did it. They they finally did it. Greatest store in the universe. Who? Raygun. They did it. They're the greatest store in the universe. Oh. Says who? Says Raygun. Oh. Okay, I'll buy it. You know what else you can buy? Clothing, home goods, and time travel supplies at raygunsite.com or at any of their six stores? Exactly. Use promo code SHARIALATER to save on your next order. That's raygunsite.com, promo code SHARIALATER, all one word. Right, on your, like, Jack, tell us your story, mate. Come on. Wait, with the story about John Ray? Yeah. So, John, so uh, yeah, John Ray uh, was a man from Orkney. Who uh, we are jumping several hundred years from uh, the 1200s, but he was a man from Orkney. Who uh, the um, if anybody's looking at on BBC, actually it's been in America. The whole thing, I think, it's a series called The Terror, and it's about uh, the Franklin expedition that went up into the. Oh, I'm going to get this wrong. I the Arctic or the Antarctic. Um, I think it's the Arctic. It's the Arctic because they were trying to find the Northwest Passage, which was the. Uh, for, for a shipping route all the way up across the globe, basically. And they all got lost. This is in like the Victorian era. They all got lost. There's two ships, the Erebus and the Terror, and they got lost. And Mrs. Franklin um, was pure raging about it because her, uh, her husband had gone missing, obviously. And she sort of canvassed the government and the naval authorities to send out search parties. And they did eventually, they did, in, I think, quite quickly, but then they came to nothing and she just wouldn't let go trying to find her husband. And eventually um, they came across this guy from Orkney called John Ray, who worked for uh, like a fur company in northern Canada. And um, he, he uh, was sort of one of the first, it's a big generalization, but one of the first Westerners to really embrace sort of local sort of Inuit traditions 
and you know even simple things such as like snowshoes and things like that and he could cover like twice as much ground as these massive big supposed to be like technologically sort of at the forefront these big expeditions with the british military but they did hee-haw in comparison to someone like john ray who moved with like half as much men and knew, knew the land or whatever and he basically was assigned to go and find the franklin expedition and cut a long story short took him ages and he didn't find them but he did find inuits locals who said that they'd seen them and then they found bones and things like that that actually gave showed evidence that they resorted to eating each other and cannibalism and he also at the same time found the northwest passage and this is a man that's completely forgotten from history but he took his findings back to mrs franklin and told and the naval authorities in london and basically said um yeah they all ate each other and the british naval authorities said no 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 british 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 soldiers we we we, we do not be, we do not eat each other that does not happen so that's bullshit you didn't find them and you got you got your information from savages as they called them and um, Mrs. Franklin didn't believe it either. And she actually hired, among many people, Charles Dickens to write, um, I'm generalizing again, but basically write essays in, in like the Times and the newspapers in London, discrediting John Ray and all his findings. And he got sort of um, kicked back up to Orkney, basically, where he eventually died as an old man. But he was completely forgotten in the sort of lauded halls of, of, of Arctic explorers because he relied on the evidence of what they called savages uh, the inuits and um yeah and she it's an incredible story mm. just fucking amazing it does so yeah. amazing yeah he came back and he was, he was like hey not only did i basically figure out i solved the mystery also i found the passage that the entire expedition was yeah. for so i took care of that for you and they basically just were like mm, mm, okay no. jock off you go back up to orkney <laughs> yeah yeah he didn't even get like an invite to Wimbledon or like or anything like that. <laughs> Nothing. No laurels. No. Rude. Very rude. Uh, you can jump back in time if you want now that you've satiated Adam's thirst for the John Ray story. Thanks. Thanks for that, Jack. I really appreciate it. No problem. I also thought an, an, another cool story that I found um, were, is from Stirling Castle. Um <laughs> And, and this actually, it started making its way into real life recently, and I told Adam about this. During James IV's reign, who was uh, a Stuart king, and he was, uh, he would have been the grandfather of Mary, Queen of Scots. So that's sort of where we're talking about, right? Um, he was sort of the great Renaissance king in Scotland. He was at the same time as Henry VIII. Great Renaissance, you know, all about like, you know, showing off and supported science and the arts and all that kind of stuff. And he even went as far as he got an alchemist. I think he was Italian, this alchemist, um, which explains a lot of what happened next, right? Because what, what, oh, what, what that fucker was, yeah, what, 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 what that fucker was, yeah, no, not it, not the Italian thing, the alchemist thing. No, oh. no, 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 no. Well, you heard it here first. Aglaudin hates Italian. No, no, the the alchemist thing. So what he was like cooking up. And like, mm. you know, God knows what he was just sort of like spraffing off to James the Fourth and all these kind of things. Like, try this pill, you'll have a cracking night. <laughs> he he famously um decided that obviously after something that he had made, that he um would conquer flight. 
And this is in like, this is like uh, the late 1400s, early 1500s. I think that's, is that before Da Vinci even, you know, started drawing these little like helicopters or before, or slightly after, I can't remember. But he, um, <laughs> this alchemist said, I'm going to fly. I'm going to fly. And actually he said that he was going to fly to France, right? And beat the Scottish ambassador that at that time had been, was leaving to go to France. And so he built a bird suit. He built a bird suit, right? Um, and his name is the, the alchemist's name. It was John John Damien. That was his name. And he built a bird suit, right, out of eagle feathers. And he jumped from. If anyone has been to Stirling Castle, it's like on top of this massive rock, this big sort of natural rock in the middle of this big floodplain. And uh, he jumped off. And someone famously said, "You know, it was over before it began." And he fell to the ground and he broke his leg. Um, and he apparently claimed that it didn't work because someone, he'd asked strictly for eagle feathers and someone had snuck in a couple of chicken feathers. And that, that, was, that was what sabotaged his, his, his whole thing. And that, that was the kind of thing that happened in James IV's court. Like he was so outward thinking. He gave this nutter Italian who was probably off his tits, uh, <laughs> who made these little potions at night, the, re- the reason that there was a crossover is because there was a guy, and I'm actually going to work towards making this hopefully in a short film, is that after learning about that, I had a guy in my flat the other day fixing my dishwasher because it had broken. And he, and he, he had he, and his head in the dishwasher. And he said, um, he was just talking to me, and he was like, what, so what do you do then? And I was like, and I couldn't see his face. And he said, um, I said, oh, I work in, uh, in film. And he went, all right, okay. Um, do you ever thinking about making a film about a man that can fly like a bird? <laughs> and I was just gobsmacked. <laughs> I was like, what? Sorry, what? And he showed me all these videos and photos that he has where he, in his spare time, when he's not pl- been a plumber, in his back garden, he makes, he refashions scuba diving suits um, and tries to make bird suits. And he says, you know, what? one day he wants to sort of run off Hampstead Heath in London. And I was like, and think any normal person would just go, fucking hell. I went, have you ever heard about James IV? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm going to track them down because I think it would make a great short film. Like, Mental, is he trying to fashion them into, like, wingsuits? That, like, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So he's basically trying to DIY his own wingsuit, like a base jumping wingsuit. <laughs> But yeah, base it was, and that's what John Damien did back back in the fourteen hundreds. It was the beginning of base jumping. Um, but he uh, and he like I don't know how long it took him to pluck. You know, I, I would imagine about you know a good a good dozen eagles of the feathers. How did you even get an eagle? <laughs> no. yeah, first he first he had to have a plan for for catching those eagles. Yeah, I can imagine him going. These are chicken feathers, and the guy who got sent to get the eagles is like, "Have you tried to catch an eagle, mate?" <laughs> yeah, just put just put some chickens in. You won't oh notice, God. but Dave, he will. He fucking will. He won't. Just what Leonardo da Vinci's ornithopter, his little wing flapping device, um, was for. I love how I just diminished that. You know, his little wing flapping device <laughs> tinkered around with. Uh, was 1485 is uh, about Ooh. when he he drew that, but like he was he was building he was like designing a big mechanical device. This this Italian alchemist was like fuck that I don't need it. Go catch a bunch of <laughs> catch a bunch of eagles. I'm gonna basically I don't know drop acid and jump off. <laughs> like, Whatever it is I've that, made. 
yeah. I'm drinking it. <laughs> yeah. It's just like imagining James IV and the whole fucking royal court sat about in Stirling Castle and James IV is just like signing, you know, decree after decree. And, so, and his permanent secretary just gets it and goes, oh yeah, before I forget, remember John's jumping off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sick. Thank you, Thank you for reminding Whoa. me. Thank oh yeah, he's flying to France. He's flying to France. I totally forgot. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what, it's... What did he think that he like made Red Bull or something? Just, <laughs> yeah. just going going for it. <laughs> but uh, Jack, you were saying uh, the other thing that you were going to talk about was the border reavers, right? Um, I, yeah, the border. So, so I, I grew up in the Scottish borders, which is pretty, you know, says what it is on the tin <laughs> along along the, along the border of Scotland and England, and it's actually one of the most fascinating parts of of our island. Um, because of because everything sort of happened there, everything came ahead there, and these two nations sort of living side by side, um, and I think that's where my sort of fascination with history comes from, and the sort of um, where you know having no borders is quite a, a, a you know it's quite a good thing I think you know the idea of no borders all over the world you know it's quite a good thing the notion of having no borders, but like I'd like to put my sort of like ten p in the box for a border and, and what, what it actually produced and to, these two nations yeah for hundreds of years were, 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 were you know smashing each other's heads in but I think w- what they sort of created living side by side in that area was quite incredible and this sort of cross-border stuff is just amazing and basically du- during the whole of the sort of middle ages um, it was the frontier literally the frontier so whenever one army went north and invaded they just tore apart the border like you know, fucking killed everybody, nicked all the crops and all the cows, and then the opposing lot would do the same thing. So there's sort of like this desolate area, this sort of Wild West popped up, mm-hmm. specifically really sort of in the 1500s. And that's where you get the border reavers, who are basically the sort of Cosa Notra, the, the sort of mafioso of the borders, which were born out of sort of necessity to survive, and they all turned to sort of crime and everything. And from kidnapping to murdering to nicking sheep and nicking people, and um, they it's an and and they were in the highlands. It was you're known as the clans. Everybody knows about the clans, but in the in the lowlands and in the English borders, it was they were known as surnames. And I actually am on my mother's side, uh, descendant from a border reaver, so I'm descendant from a sort of blackmailing, kidnapping, murdering bastard. So. So it's, that's uh, where you get it? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's where I, yeah, yeah. That's where there was I a glint in his eye the there. Edge. There was a glint in his eye. I noticed it. <laughs> it makes he's it like, wind yeah. interesting. He's like, it wasn't my, yeah. it's not my fault. I was born this way. It's in my genes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the people of Islington in London have never been so scared. <laughs> yeah. They're very grateful but that they... you're away in London right now. They're like, finally a break. Yeah. <laughs> But they, but they, but they, they were incredible, and, and and kind of what their sort of banditry and thievery really promoted, amongst many many other things, was a lot of cross border relationships, and you know some of those things would be to do. I mean, there's there's a huge history of the border, border reavers, but some of the more interesting parts was when they would come together on what were called truce days or march days or tristan days, literally on the border, which. You know, back then we didn't have the other thing is that like you didn't have Google Maps and like nobody went up there with like a flag 
Well, I don't think they did. I mean, they put little sort of, you know, stones and shit about, but it was a lot, it's a long, long border. And they meant, right, we're going to meet on the border and sort any shit out. So all the Scots would come and all the English would come. And basically any sort of bills of complaint would be decided on that day. But how they would do it is that the English would pick three Scots, three or four Scots from the Scots side to judge on their um, affairs and vice versa, which I thought was quite amazing. And it's also out in the open air, like literally on a stream or on top of a hill. Like one of them's called the Windy Guile. They've got all these like ridiculously cool sort of pirate names, these places, like the Hanging the hanging tree a hilarious that like if you want to sort a problem out they say right davy meet me at nine o'clock next to the hanging tree you be like mm. you know it's not it's not <laughs> it, it doesn't it doesn't spark must i <laughs> yeah yeah what happens if we uh we don't get it sorted out that's my only query <laughs> I was like, well we're already at the tree <laughs> but they would, they, they would they would do they would basically say like a guy from scotland would say right stevie over there next five of my sheep and stevie would go no i didn't and then, so so they would have, but like a jury on the day would be plucked up from the English side, and they would arbitrate on opposing sides. And so there was a lot of, even though there was loads of conflict, there was quite an, an incredible language built up across the border. And there's even the brilliant thing of um, actually along the Scottish border itself, uh, there uh, were a, a town in Scotland called Coldstream and a town in England called Wark, and they were literally a stone's throw across the River Tweed, which was the the border and there was a piece of common grazing land it was about three mile three square miles that the, the men of each of those towns would play each other every single year in a game called ball the ball which was like a like a big you know the english say that they created rugby they created rugby bollocks they didn't the the, the well they, they they did they sort of northern english but they said it was created in england down in the south which is just a lot of shite uh the they did, they did a long year and they would play this game, the men of culture, men of work, and whoever won it would hold that piece of grazing land for that year and would ultimately take it into their country. So there is literally, to this day, a piece of three square fucking field that I've been to that, because Coldstream sort of built up and became this big town and work was just this little village. And so every year it became apparent that the Coldstreamers were going to pump the walkers every year. So it forever stayed in the possession of Scotland, even though it technically to this day is in England, it is owned by Scotland because the men of Coldstream were the last people to win the game of ball. And it's literally just this little unassuming field. And I just love and then the idea that they, they've kept it to that day. So, um, and that's yeah, they just, that's the thing. It's mad, isn't it? <laughs> I just love it on a court. Well, you see, we won ball last, so that means we've got the land. And you can imagine Slizzitz going, get out. <laughs> yeah. Bollocks, yeah. Boy, is that the is ball? Okay, cool. Yeah. Ball. Is that it's just called ball? But it, it literally is and it's it's still played to this day in a lot of, of borders towns and it, it literally in like some places like a place called Jedbra, they they split the town up into what's called uppies and downies and it's literally people who live in the top half of the town versus the people that live in the bottom and they've got this little ball and um it's just Get the fucking thing from get get the fucking thing to the opposing end of the town before the other team do, and you've won. And by any means possible, like you can shove it up your shirt, you can like hide it up a dog, and it's just one big. It's it's like it's like one big scrum, and so that's, that's where rugby starts. Yeah, it's a it's just yeah. a town wide <laughs> scrum. 
Hamish is looking bloated. What's the matter with him? Remind me not to let Jack anywhere near my dog. Yeah. yeah. Just a key to I'll just be eyeing him as a key to victory. Like it's all about strategy. I'm sorry. Don't take it personally. I need to win this game. There's a patch of land in England that I need that I We kinda let it go. We can't. But that was the that was the other thing, Adam. Did you not like like I've learned recently is that, you know, through that whole Middle Ages time, whenever like the Duke of wherever or the King of wherever would go across into Scotland and claim a bunch of land in the borders or even the Lothians for their for their own, those part and, and they got them through official treaties and truces, those parts of Scotland didn't become England. They, they stayed in Scotland, but they were just owned by the King of England. And neither the, and the same with the Scots. If the Scots took land in the north, it didn't become Scotland. It was just the ownership, which is where you basically get these like massive cross-border land-owning families and dukedoms that are still there today that own, yeah. like the Duke of Northumberland still owns loads of land where I grew up across the Scottish border, but it's still Scottish and English. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't remember the... I can't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but there's a very small amount of people who own swathes of land in Scotland, isn't there? Yeah. So another guy that owns, like, H&M or something like that owns the most land in Scotland. I swear. Probably. I mean, it, doesn't, it wouldn't surprise I think it me. is. I think it is. Do Scots I think just it, love H&M? <laughs> 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 like we, a... get, we get a discount on T-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that, look, I've got shorts and flip-flops for the summer off the back of this. <laughs> <laughs> would those areas that are like in scotland but under english rule or vice versa are those like considered would those be considered like de- debatable lands or is it very clearly like yes the ownership the ownership here is english but like they're still uh subject to all like scottish law and whatnot yeah, yeah. exactly okay so it's quite it's quite interesting to actually think that even back then when it was made in the 1700s the jurisdictions and the laws and the customs are still were were in writing to stay in place Mm -hmm, definitely and and there's legislation that but i mean the scottish government have been talking about legislation to kind of stop this land ownership by a select few and put it back into public ownership so i think there's legislation that's going to try and take all that on as well uh, and uh, and kind of break all that up. I- I'm sure I heard that like, a few years ago. Hey, Nat, can we make this quick? I have to go check on my sponge. Your sponge? Ugh, you've been binging Bake Off again, haven't you? Four words. Paul Hollywood Soggy Bottom. Okay, well, when you're done with Amateur Hour, the adults will be over here ordering cakes from the pros at ECBG Cake Studio because they make specialty cakes for all occasions. We're talking custom birthday cakes. We're talking jaw-dropping wedding cake masterpieces. We're talking Paul Hollywood just shook my hand, I deserve a cake cakes. ECBG Cake Studio, you say? Yes, and if you insist on trying to perfect your sponge, they also offer online baking classes. So follow at ECBG underscore studio on Instagram or visit their website, ecbgstudio.com. There's another thing that you might like, like Natalie as well, is that the fact that the Border Reavers, which are the, you know, big rape and pillaging bastards in the borders. Your ancestors. Um, wait, <laughs> them ones. Uh, but wait for it. 
it, after the union of the crowns, you know, that area was a sort of embarrassment for the Scottish crown and things like that because our king, King James VI, became James I of, Scot of, of the UK and that was the first king or whatever. And so he had this big embarrassment back at home, all these people running about just taking whatever they wanted. So they finally had to be dealt with and he was pretty ruthless, you know, hanging loads of people. But a lot of what happened was, which is, you know, happens quite a lot uh, with the Brits is transportation and so they took quite a lot of the, the very very worst and they chucked them all over to Ireland and then ultimately North America and the some of the most famous reaving names some of the most famous mafioso names so to speak are names like Johnson and Nixon so two of them became president in the United States and yeah. um, that that tracks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then the other famous, the most, the most notorious reaving name was Armstrong. So, what I, I read a book by Alistair Moffat, who's a border historian, he put it so beautifully that during all that kind of like, let's hang them all and get rid of them. They also the more powerful ones. They tried to sway them by giving them dukedoms and things like that. So even the current Duke of uh, Roxburgh and the Duke of like Northumberland, uh, the Duke of Buccleuch, who are Cares and Scots. Uh, respectively, they were big Reven families. To quench, to quell them down, they gave them dukedoms. So the sort of the ancestors of what are now these massive dukes were thieving, raping, pillaging bastards. Um, but the Armstrongs were the worst, and they couldn't bear giving them anything. So they shoved them across America. And what Alistair Muffet in his book says so brilliantly is that the Armstrongs may not have um, been given dukedoms or eldoms, but they went to the moon, which I thought was really beautiful. Um, and they're also involved in one of the major, you know, sporting frauds yeah. of history. But, uh, so they, did, they didn't get it all out of their system. Yeah, the it's still in there. It's still in their system. <laughs> That's so interesting, though, isn't it? Like, I love that connection. I love that connection throughout, throughout history. It's brilliant. But Nick, Nixon, Nixon, Nixon is a descendant. A direct descendant of of, of the Reapers. They were a big family, the Nixons. I will add that to the only part of U.S. history that I am truly consistently fascinated by and have probably read the most about is uh, is about Watergate. So so I I will add that to my little. To my, it's funny because it's like I'm not fascinated by Nixon at all, but just like the whole the whole Watergate story and like the the journalism of breaking the story and whatnot has always been something that I always have enjoyed like studying and reading. So I'll add that little factoid to my, uh, <laughs> to my collection. It's also, yeah, it's interesting. It's always interesting. Like when for, for at least folks who came over to now, now America is uh, from Scotland is like, we didn't necessarily bastardize their name at Ellis Island. So like you can draw that line through versus so many other, so many other immigrants from other cultures and, and countries we were like no oh, no you're a smith now uh that like you it's harder to trace that so it's so interesting that with like the armstrongs and the nixons and the johnsons it's like no no here's the line here's yeah. here's the two dots yeah, here's yeah it was the them that was them yeah <laughs> this made me think of from a the laws in scotland versus like the laws in uh, England perspective, I have done a, a decent amount of research on the Witchcraft Acts. And uh, when I first started oh, studying the yeah. Witchcraft Acts, I didn't realize that it was going to be like, well, this is what it was in England and this is what it was uh, in Scotland. Because I was thinking of the Witchcraft Act of seven, of like seven, 
1830 something at which point they would have been united right yep um and i didn't realize so so it's interesting studying it and being like under the under the english witchcraft act in the 1500s like it was slightly more lenient about this and you only went got put to death if harm had been caused by your witchy hijinks and then under the scottish witchcraft act though they're like nope any practice of witchcraft or consulting with witchcraft we don't care if harm was done any of it capital offense and just kind of like going through the like through the acts of like the differences between which so later they like matched up a little bit more but at the the earlier ones just following following that line of of who was who was feeling more lenient towards witches i mean jeez i mean scotland scotland it was like in in edinburgh if you've ever been to edinburgh the princess street gardens that that used to be a loch that used to be it was called the nor loch and it's basically where they just chucked literally all the shit from from Edinburgh in there until they drained it and put beautiful gardens over the top of it. But they used to chuck loads of witches in there. And yeah, if they, what was the thing again? If they floated, they were a witch. And if they drowned, they weren't a witch. Yeah, so it's like if you like, float, I guess we'll pull you yeah. out and then burn you or like. Yeah, yeah. Or that's why they, yeah. would, they would like weight you down when you, uh, the last person who was executed for witchcraft was scottish and the last person who um was arrested and imprisoned for witchcraft was scottish i think the last person who was actually tried um may have only gotten like a fine and i think they were english but and that's like brings you up to like the 1940s so jesus yeah the last woman to be imprisoned for witchcraft uh received her sentence in 1944 Wow! What the fuck? And, and she was Scottish. Jesus Christ! Oh my God! That's why she got she just got it because she was Scottish. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what it that's what it was. It's funny when we talk about it as well. Like, you know, all like that's where the witches were thrown. You're like women. That's where women were thrown. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's it's just bonkers. The when you when you look at when you look at the way, um, you know, just the whole witchcraft thing. The fact there was legislation. Yeah. You know, it's... Yeah, and, this, and that the legislation was on the... Here, wait, hon, I, I, have, I have the notes for this pulled up. The Witchcraft Act, the la, like the last one this is of 1735, which means it would have applied to Scotland uh, and England, became evolved into the Fraudulent Mediums Act in 1951. And so in that case, it was more of like a truth and advertising situation. And then that wasn't repealed until 2008. do you know what though i think there's just some there's i bet you there's some legislation right now and if it came up people would go whoa whoa what the fuck why is that still there do you know what i mean it's like you just forget about all these random bits of legislation that have been kind of you know written down years and years ago for things that no longer relevant Berwick upon Tweed, which is the famous border or, or uh, famous town on the borders, which changed hands between the Scottish, Scottish and the English over hundreds of years, like 14, 15 times. It was only up until sort of in relative recent history, like 10, 15 years ago. I won't get this completely right, but they, um, the people of this little town in the very northeast of England were still officially at war with the Russians um, up until like something like 2008 or something like that because Berwick-upon-Tweed has this really complicated relationship where it, 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 it 
it became part of England, but not really. It was sort of its own little domain and authority. And I think it goes back to like the Crimean War or even like the Napoleon, something, something then. And people had forgotten. It's like people have forgotten to tell the people of Berwick. Russia's not going to invade Berwick upon Tweed. And and they literally had to revoke it out. They had to, I think, but there was a lit, I think there was a really official ceremony not not so long ago, but like, I don't know, some <laughs> Russian ambassador drove up the A1 and was like, we're not going to kill you. you know. <laughs> the mail, the mail must be very slow. The Royal, the royal Mail does <laughs> yeah. not do a good job in that part of Scotland. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Just imagine the post is sent at home like that. I didn't deliver that. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh fuck, Brian! It's Dave. Listen, uh... <laughs> we're not what? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I could just send a text. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, just no. leave a note. Just do that thing where they leave a note where they say, "We tried to make a delivery, but you weren't in." We, we Russia tried, we no tried longer... to tell you that you're not at war with Russia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, since I have it in front of me, do you guys want to learn a little bit about two women who were trying to witch for witchcraft? Why not? Great. I could do that yeah. really quickly. Um, so I want to I want to correct something that I said. I said the last person to be executed for witchcraft in the British Isles. Um, the last person to be legally executed for witchcraft in the British Isles uh, and the last person to in be Port imprisoned Lord. under the right under the witchcraft <laughs> acts were both Scots. Um, the last person to be legally executed was uh, Janet Horn. She and her daughter in 1727 were arrested on accusations from their neighbors. So if your neighbors suck, at oh, least they haven't fuck yeah. said that you were. Yeah, it was um, uh, Horn. W Horn was like senile um, and was like showing signs of uh, senility. And her her daughter had a deformity. And so their neighbors were just like, witches, witches. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, there's only, uh, that's it, they're witches. I mean, it's, yeah. only, it's the only explanation. The, uh, the accusation <laughs> was that Horn, quote, used her daughter as a pony ride to the devil? <laughs> Question mark? Um, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Shrugging She's emojis? piggyback. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. like, took a, just a piggyback ride on my poor daughter. But they, yeah, they were both, they were both tried and convicted and sentenced to death, but the daughter uh, escaped. And, uh, but you know, Janet didn't and was stripped, tarred, paraded through town on a barrel and, uh, burned alive. So that was oh 1727, which, you know, okay. Okay. I guess I'm saying like, okay, 1727 explains it. When Here in 1727, <laughs> um, take a pony ride to the devil. But the one in 1944 <laughs> was Helen Duncan. She was a Scottish medium. Uh, she basically made her whole living offering seances her whole like calling card was the ability to ma materialize uh recently deceased spirits and produce ectoplasm from her mouth which was practical uh special effects it was usually like cloth or a piece of clothing or like paper that she had swallowed earlier i guess um and then would just regurgitate and in uh world war ii uh, when, you know, the spiritualism and seance market was a booming, Duncan got in trouble because she claimed that a sailor told her, this is in a seance, she said that a sailor told her that a ship called the HMS Barham had been sunk and it had 
but its sinking wasn't common knowledge or like in the news. Only relatives wow. of the casualties had been informed. I think optics. They were trying to kind of keep it hush hush that this that this ship had <laughs> sunk. So the Navy freaked the fuck out. It was like, how does she know this? And uh, a couple of sailors attended one of her seances and were like disappointed, I guess, by what the future seance was. And so the lieutenant uh, reported her. An undercover cop arrested her at a future seance and she was arrested officially under the Vagrancy Act, which was a minor offense. And so it was escalated, I think, by the prosecution to, they're like, you know what we can get her on? You know what's still on the books <laughs> that we can get her on? The Witchcraft <laughs> Act of 1735. Yeah. Um, hands up. Who thinks she's a witch? Hands up. Just just to, just to want to feel the room there. <laughs> yeah. Who thinks she's a witch? Hypothetically, <laughs> if we were to be able to legally try her as a witch... God, Who like would be? We just want to get the rocks off. Can we yeah. kill someone because we think they're a witch? Well, because it's like one was just like, "Hey, bad business." You're like trying to like cheat people out of money, and is like a minor offense. And the other one is like, "If we want to, I think we can kill you if we can get you on <laughs> yeah. this charge." <laughs> yeah, that is a really that's like that is the worst review for a show you can have. You know, if you like, burn the burn the witch, if you hear that at the back of like the Edinburgh Fringe, like woo, <laughs> just give me one star. Don't, don't yeah. fucking hang me. Yeah, we don't have to. Why does this have to escalate? So, uh, yeah. find the witch legislation. Come back yeah. and get them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, under the the Witchcraft Act of 1735, there was a section that said that it was illegal to conduct a fraudulent spiritual activity, which depending wow. on who you are and what your beliefs are, would be all spiritual wow. activities. They tried her on seven counts, two of conspiracy to break the Witchcraft Act, two on of fraud, and three of public mischief. Basically, the authorities were just afraid that she would continue to somehow reveal classified information about the war if she was continued to be free. So, like, I like how that, that, that's the conclusion that people yeah. come to. Like that could who's who's the whistleblower? Come on, that's what I would automatically. Oh, nowadays you'd think that, but you'd think you'd like to think in the forties that people would go, "It's not magic. <laughs> she's not. She's not magic." <laughs> yeah. Well, no. I th yeah. I think that they thought that like they're like either she is a witch and she is able to tell people things we don't want them to know about the war, like things that we're trying to keep on the on the DL, or somebody is feeding her information. And either way, the solution is to arrest and imprison her. So, yeah, yeah, she was sentenced I mean, to nine months in prison. I mean, is that not also being like, like, was she not a mole then? Was she not like a, a third, like whatever it's called, columnist or like a, a Nazi sympathizer? You could probably like get her on that. You'd go to that first in the forties before you'd go to. Hocus <laughs> yeah. pocus. Yeah. I don't know. It seems like the witchcraft acts of seventeen thirty-five carried more weight. Jesus, she she basically got like she went to jail for what you'd call in Scotland being like, you know, having a mouth on her or being like a gab, uh, being a gab, like yeah. she's all about the gab. Yeah. yeah, she's a gobshite. Get her killed. She's a gobshite. Yeah, <laughs> Do you know what I mean, that's what that's basically what seems to have happened. Yeah. This woman is too well informed. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know where she got this information, so it, she must be a witch. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically what yeah. yeah i don't remember what it is i think it's that somebody like at some point in a different seance somebody one of the relatives or something had like let it slip that 
their loved one had died in the sinking of of the HMS Barham. And so she was like, all right, I'm going to file that away to use for future spooky activities. All it does is highlight the whole thing's a fraud. Which I guess makes sense that then that's how that... uh, that's how that law evolved was to basically just be a fraud law. That's like how it exists now is it's like, you're not going to get arrested for, for being a medium or witchcraft. You're going to get arrested for fraud. Well, I don't know. The way yeah. I think that's called like, going. is that, it, it's called like the trades. That's called like the trade description act over here. Now, do you think that's what that was? Sort of like an extreme. Yeah. You said, you said that this drink would give me wings. It didn't. So <laughs> and I jumped off of this castle. Hell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've, I've broken both legs. I'm in absolute agony. <laughs> yeah. And James I, the I Fourth is from... very disappointed in me because I told him I was going <laughs> yeah. to fly to France today. <laughs> well, there. Look, I got to redeem myself by knowing literally any Scottish history, but it was just two poor women, two poor Scottish women being arrested or murdered the more well, you that's, know that's happy jack how much longer are you, does that course last is it just like one course or are you taking like a series of courses oh no it's just one course i got about uh i think about five or six weeks five or six weeks left um and it's it's brilliant it's just like one lecture a week um and uh like a lot of reading and stuff no it's great don't get to go to the student union though God. that's where all the best snacks are yeah Exactly. And that's where I could get my IMDB out and, you know, <laughs> be like, really I'm show an off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm an actor. Yeah. Remember on the first yeah, day I said, <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember. I yeah. wish I never got my vaccine so I, so I could be at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just, just pop up and, uh, and as Adam would put it, yeah, but like Spitfires. Yeah, <laughs> just throw that about. Which you have such an authority on, having been in one. So, oh, yeah. Spitfires. Very much so. Yeah, very. Yeah, very much so. Flew, flew, flew in them over over the channel. Yeah, comes back to Spitfires. It, it actually does, doesn't it? I've got a pe- I've got a pen made from the propeller of a Spitfire. That's um, fucking cool. But I, I I fear that it was probably like a, a Spitfire that didn't really make it out of the shed, and you know, it it, it wasn't involved in anything. It was just it some was... guy. Some guy was like, "God, that bat- battle of Britain went well." <clears throat> just like this, you know, mecha- mechanic in a shed that went fucking well. Pension. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This what? What a waste of a plane. What can we do with it? I don't know. Yeah, make it into sixteen hundred ballpoint. <laughs> <laughs> There's a shit ton of pens there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sh- yeah, that, that would it would make so many, and then everyone who has one is going to be like, well, I have a pin made out of a spitfire and it's like so does so do thousands of other people apparently they were they weren't small planes hey friends natalie from the future here again with an exciting announcement you know that shared scottish history spinoff we joked around about aren't we silly well it's not going to be a joke anymore tune into this feed between seasons four and five of shared history for shared history under the kilt hosted by myself natalie and with much more authority on the subject Adam McNamara. Join us and our amazing guests as we explore the history of the Scottish Highlands, Lowlands, Midlands, Islands, and as I learn where those actually are. Be sure to follow at Under the Kilt Pod on Instagram and Twitter for any updates. And if you're already subscribed to Shared History, you'll automatically get Shared History Under the Kilt episodes too. On behalf of myself, Cass, and Adam, share you later and stay breezy.
now that now I'm so excited that I got to share a little bit of Scottish history. Uh, I'm so excited that you came on, Jack, to give us even even more for our for our future spinoff of of shared Scottish history uh, with our Scottish last cast, Adam McNamara. Tell would you want to tell our listeners where they can follow you and find out more about you? About me? Yeah. <laughs> you can just find him on IMDb. <laughs> He's an actor, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I get this is when I get to use that great phrase. Google me. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know. I do I do post a lot about history stuff though, because again it's it it's my trying again to get rid of small talk and and people actually say interesting things you know so um yeah i do talk a lot about you've it. got a good you've got a good eye mate you've got a good eye for pictures thanks well, i just thought, <laughs> but, I mean, uh, I'd... just thought i'd say that oh cheers i mean uh you know one <laughs> try your best you know i bet now now you probably feel a little bit bad for how much we've we bully adam <laughs> just no <laughs> no not at all no never not at all. Nah. <laughs> no, no, no. I, the, I, I, Adam and I met in a play that we did about, which had a, quite a lot of Scottish history in it. Mm. I forget that sometimes. There was a whole middle section in Blackwatch, mm. and, and and pissed about over, over in America. And I, I, I started bullying him on stage even then. <laughs> Look at him. Look how proud he is. <laughs> Look how proud he is. And that's carried on. That's carried on. It's not caught. It's. It, it, I wouldn't call it bullying. It was probably trying to sort of, you know, keep it live and fresh. <laughs> That's it. You yeah. Know. That's it, Jack. I'm gonna use that now. I'm gonna whenever somebody's like, "Man, Haley's really fucking bullying us." I'm like, "No, no, I'm just trying to keep it fresh." <laughs> yeah. Sparky. Yeah. <laughs> just when you think you know what's gonna happen, I'm gonna call you old. People can't see that he's like six foot eight and seven foot wide, so they they, they don't. He's he's not this little guy that you know. He's he's a tall tree that needs that needs you know <laughs> that needs to be cut down <laughs> every now and again. <laughs> he's just he's, he's just a big he's a big away. target. He's a big target. Oh my god, Adam! Adam is proving that there were giants in Scotland that that Brutus could have defeated. He's oh, doing yeah. it. What do we call that now? What do we call that? That's a callback. <laughs> That's a callback right there. That's the improv eh? term for that. Oh, it's like a one tightly to bow on top. And yeah. I mean, I can't, oh. I'm not going to beat that. So I may as well, we may as well go into our outro. If, if you want to see if, uh, if Adam's compliment of Jack is correct and that he has a good eye in photography, it, uh, Jack, you're at Jack Loudon on Instagram, right? Just your name. I, I, I don't know. Am I? <laughs> I think so. You'll, you'll figure know. it out. And it's the one with the blue check mark next to it. That's how you find it. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, just do that. Um, and uh, we at Shared History are at Shared Pod on Instagram and Twitter. You can always follow us there. And as always, if you have any questions, corrections, or suggestions, you can email us at sharedhistorypodcast at gmail.com. That's all she wrote. Thank you again, Jack, so much. Adam, thank you for stepping in to Cass's shoes. I hope they weren't too tight on your giant monster feet. <laughs> yeah. They, they yeah, fit yeah. like a glove. I don't know. <laughs> Absolutely. You're perfection. not you're not coming back again. You're not coming back again. <laughs> I was much better at the other thing. <laughs> Both of you are absolute treasures. Thank you so much. And as always, until next time. 
Share you later. later. <laughs> Special thanks for this episode of Shared History go to Kathleen Mueller Mason and Adam McNamara, of course. This episode was produced and edited by me, Natalie Younger. Original music by Gareth Spin, show art by Sarah Cruz, and social animations by The Banditry Co. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.